2 Corinthians chapter number 8, verse number 9. I, I have been, to be honest with you, stirred in my heart. With, really, it's, it's with compassion, to be honest with you, at, at the struggle some folks have. Um, and I, I'm stirred with compassion. I'm not stirred with condemnation because I was there. Yes, I know what it's like. Yes, and so this is coming out of a heart. I just want to be a, a help to people. Yes, and uh, the Lord said to me way back years ago, whenever I said, to, I said, Lord, help me because we were struggling and it had been a pattern. We were struggling year after year. And I said, Lord, you know, I got sincere. I got real uh, and had a real talk with Jesus. And then I said, Lord, help me. And, uh, and, and I was sincere. And so he started helping me. And I got to be honest with you, I, it got to the place in my time with the Lord. It was as if I could start out meditating on the Holy Spirit, yeah. meditating on the authority of the believer, meditating on anything. Yeah. Meditate or just reading my Bible. Yes. And within 10 minutes, 20 minutes or something like that, I'd be on this subject. Right. And I'd start getting revelation and revelation and revelation upon revelation. Uh, I'm writing notes in my Bible, writing notes, all kinds of things. And uh, I think, well, I'm going to meditate on what I started out on yesterday. And I get started on again. I get back on prosperity. That happened for years. And I almost said, Lord, am I out of balance on this? He said, you were out of balance in unbelief. And he said, I had to start working on you. He said, you asked me for help. And he said, I'm helping you. He said, it doesn't begin with, you know, more money in your pocket. It begins with my word finds a home in your heart. And I started, I started seeing so much. And eventually I looked, I looked at, you know, I sat back one time studying. I just sat back and I said, you know, I asked the Lord for, for help because I was struggling so much. And I said, because I didn't know why I was struggling so much. But after all this input from the Holy Ghost teaching me what he's teaching me. I just have to sit back and say, all that I was experiencing, no wonder. No wonder. Amen. You need to have a no wonder moment. You know what I'm talking about? If it's been the same over and over again, I'm not condemning you. I'm simply saying, if you were like I was, and just a struggle, just over and over again, it's not your, it's not your lot in life. You, you're not assigned to poverty, to struggle. I said, it's not your lot in life. It's not your inheritance. That's not being put on you by your savior. Are you still out there? Are you going home? Um, I was getting ready for some things we were preaching on a number of years ago along this line. And, um, uh, the, the, the Lord said to me, uh, I, I said, I said, Lord, what do I, how do I approach this subject? And he said, tell them they're not under obligation to live broke and in poverty. You just don't have to keep living this way. You just don't have to. Um, but we need to address how the Lord's approaching. They want me to approach this tonight and, uh, and talk about some things because, um, out of love and compassion, I want to just share some things and I, and it's difficult for me sometimes. Um, because I've only gotten, I don't think I've gotten out 10 or 20% of what the Lord has shared with me all these years. And, uh, you know, when you love people, talking about you, you want to help them. You want to share things with them. And, um, but people have to be hungry. 
This has to be important. Don't give me the baloney, this is not important. There will be people who will stand before Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ who didn't finish their course for one reason, because this wasn't important. What do I mean by that? Well, because they never got their mind renewed with the word in this area, they always struggled financially and never finished their course. It's important enough that Jesus in, or, or God included it when he put the curse on Jesus. Don't tell me it's not important to God whenever he included it in the plan of redemption. It says he was made poor that we might be rich. So... Uh, 2 Corinthians here, did I have you go to uh, chapter number 8? 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, verse number 9. It says here, uh, uh, let's see here, 2 Corinthians 8, verse number 9. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. By the way, this is financial rich. From the whole context, the whole context of this chapter is finances. You can read the whole chapter and you can see it's all about finances. So when he says he was rich, he's not talking about spiritually. He was, he was though he was rich. Uh, I look at verse number nine. Speak the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. Now when he says for your sakes, that's redemptive language. He did this for you. Substitutionary work is is revealed in the scriptures concerning sin. He became sin that we might be made the righteousness of God. It's revealed in the scriptures concerning poverty. He was made poor that we might be rich. And it was this way concerning sickness. He he took upon himself our sicknesses that we might be healed. It's redemptive language. Poverty is part of the curse of the law. And Jesus took the curse that we might uh, have the blessing of Abraham. The blessing of Abraham includes financial prosperity. This is not, listen, people say, well, this is not important. This is just as important as anything else in the gospel. And if you think it's not, it's because your mind's not renewed. This is important. Say it out loud. Financial prosperity prosperity is is important. To my life. Absolutely important to my life. Uh, there's things you won't accomplish in the plan of God if you don't begin to open up to this message. Um, so Jesus was made poor, though he was rich. People say, well, that's talking about in heaven he was rich. Well, certainly he was rich in heaven. But you read through, because people say, well, Jesus was poor on this earth. And there's certain scriptures they go to. I don't have time to get to that. I've got to get to some other things tonight. They'll say he was poor. But you read, uh, uh, there's a lot of evidence that he was not poor on this earth. The Bible actually said one time, the disciples said, where, where, are you, where do you live? And he said, come and see. He had a house. So that does away with that verse, you know, the, the birds of the air have nests, the foxes have dens, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He wasn't saying he didn't have a house. He was saying, I'm traveling and I'm not going home every night. That's what he was saying. And so there's many evidences that he was not poor. Whenever he died, was crucified, they gambled for his garment. You know, you understand what I'm talking about? Uh, um, there's, there's many evidences that he had money. He had a lot. But he was made poor on the cross. He was made poor whenever he took our poverty. 
he was made poor with our curse, our poverty, that we through his poverty might be rich. Hallelujah. Financially rich. Praise the Lord. Everybody say, that's me. I'm rich. You're not that way because you have stuff. Got a nice house or a nice car or something like that. You're that way because of what Jesus did on the cross. The stuff, if you start believing that and you start agreeing with that and renewing your mind to that and acting that way, that you are rich, the stuff will, uh, that, that, uh, that's, things come to that kind of mentality. Things stay away from poor mentality. Absolutely. So the, the issue is getting the mentality, getting your mind renewed. So I want to share some of this tonight. I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, this is part of the gospel. Jesus came to preach the gospel to the poor. You know why he preached the gospel? Notice it didn't say he came to give handouts to the poor. They've been doing that in this nation since 1960s, and poverty is at a higher rate today than it ever was. That's not the reasons, because that's not the cure for poverty. The cure for poverty is a renewed mind. It's believing the word. It's the gospel. That's what he said. I came to preach the gospel to the poor. Why? The gospel is the cure for poverty. And so we're going to look at that tonight, what the gospel does whenever we, we receive it in this area. So... Um, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Amen. Um, these things, you, you know, I really, I really want people to uh, be, be helped in this area because I, I really, it's tough sometimes whenever, I, I don't ask, it's not my business, but sometimes people will talk to us about the, the situations they're in and so forth. And it's very tough on me. Yeah. And we help a lot of people financially. I'm not, I'm not saying we don't help people, but I'm simply saying, it just, I, I, I go to sleep and I just, I'm, I'm just bothered by yeah. it. Yes, sir. Come on. Why is it that you can't talk? Well, we can't, I'm saying, but, but the devil doesn't want you to talk about something that everybody's struggling in. If we ask for a raise of hands here tonight, how many of you are under attack? I'm not, I'm, don't raise your hand, but how many are under attack in your mind? Certain percentage of people. How many people are attacked in their bodies? Certain percentage of people. How many attack, attacked in their marriage? Certain percentage of people. How many are, are attacked in your finances? All the hands would go up. Yeah. Or most, a lot yes, of them. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Well, then we need to be talking about yes, it. Because that's, the reason is because of ignorance. Yeah. Whether it's me or you. Now, don't misunderstand me. Right now, God's working me over about another level. Amen. And I'm going there. But boy, he's working me over. Just working me over. I got to change my mentality on some things. I got to get an aircraft on the inside of me. And boy, it's slipping in, but it ain't all the way in there yet. And so I'm expanding my capacity. I'm expanding my mentality. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The, the wait is never for God. You're never waiting on God. God's good time was, on, was 2,000 years ago whenever poverty was put on Jesus. Amen. So uh, we need to share some of this. Plus, another thing I was thinking about and getting ready for this, I was writing some of these things down. Um, you know, some of the things that are ahead for this nation economically are not necessarily pretty. And so uh, you and I have got to be prepared for some of this. Amen. 
And so, you know, there's a lot of things I'd like to share in the natural, which I go to share it and then you can't get, can't get liberty to. And, uh, you know, that a good minister won't, won't override that. Jesus himself said in John 8, 826, I believe it is. He said, I have a lot of things I'd like to say, yeah. but he that's in me is true. And I only say what he tells me to say. Come on. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So, um, but, but how many have heard what the Spirit of God has said about, you know, there's some things coming, don't override the witness of the Spirit? Yes, sir. Amen. How many of you, don't raise your hand, but how many of you have only thought of it three times because I've mentioned it three times in the last number of months? That's why people struggle. They don't listen to the Holy Ghost. So this isn't to beat up on anybody tonight. I'm just simply saying we've got to wake up. We got to wake up. Are you ready to hear some things tonight? One of the greatest, um, you know, because that intense plunge that the Spirit of God took me into after I asked for His help made me come to the place after just meditating. And I mean, the Word of God started opening up. I started seeing prosperity everywhere in the Bible. I hadn't seen it in there before. Well, I'd seen it to a degree, a few verses, but, but I started seeing it everywhere. It is all through the Psalms. The Psalms is loaded with it. It's not always in the, doesn't always has, have the word prosperity there, but it's abundance and it's, it's, it's a lot of other words that he uses. Um, so, but anyway, um, after, after I started realizing some things and I came to that place, I just sat back and I said, no wonder. Because there were so many things that he had to change my thinking on and is still changing. Amen. Um, but one of the greatest enemies uh, of getting the word in you to the degree that it starts bearing some and producing some real fruit is thinking you already know what the word says. Amen. Because you hear it a little bit, you can assume you know some things. But listen to me. If it's true that you know some things, it'll, cha- it'll produce fruit. It'll produce fruit. If it's not producing the fruit yet, it's not in you and you don't know it yet like you need to know it. Now, I'm not trying to get mean. This is, I'm not, I didn't know it was going to come out this way. But um, I, I, just, I, just be, uh, I just be aware of the fact that if you think you know something, you don't know anything yet as you ought to know. That's, that's a Bible verse, the Bible says that. And so um, it, it's got to be something that you don't approach the word like, oh, yeah, I know that. You can read Philippians 4.19 and know it by heart and be able to memorize it, but don't really know what it says. I'm talking about the difference between head knowledge and revelation. There's a vast difference between head knowledge and revelation. And head knowledge, your faith doesn't work out of your head. Your faith works out of your heart. Amen. And so the Bible says you can hear and not hear. You can see and not see. And you can know and not know. That's, that's the Bible. Bible verses. Matthew talks about it. Matthew 13. So forth and so on. And so, but I'm just telling you, you have to be interested. This cannot be something that's not important. You know, those natural things, God's not important. That's not important to God. Listen, if it's important to you, it's important to God because God loves you. He loves you. 
This is very important. And I, I, was, I wasn't going to say this because I, I, I don't, didn't want to have to take time to explain it. And I'm really not even going to explain it. It just comes up in my heart, so I'm going to say it. But I said, I was praying for somebody recently that's been struggling. And I said, Lord, uh, you know, I was asking him, open their eyes. And he, he answered me. He, he said, you know what their trouble is? I said, well, it seems like you seem to want to tell me. Yeah. I wasn't asking. Yeah. He said, their trouble is they don't respect money. They don't see how important this is. I started thinking back through the years. I'm like, yep, yep. Oh, look at that. That's what they did there. Oh, my. Yeah. You got to respect this to live in this economy, to live down here. You got bills to pay. You're going to have to respect the fact that you need to have some money. It needs to be important to you. If it's not important, then forget about all this and go and, and go live under a bridge. Amen. 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 People, people, maybe you don't know anyway. Come on, come on, come on. Pastor, well, come on, pastor, say it, say it, say it. People, people are curious about us financially. I mean, you know, because we're blessed and they're curious about us. And I just look at them and I say, if I was a hypocrite, I, I wouldn't be believing what I preach. But since I'm not a hypocrite, I believe in this. I believe in prosperity. And I'll be honest with you. Don't vote for somebody that's working against your beliefs. They want to take yours and give it to the poor. Buy their cell phone when they come across the border. Tax the rich. You know what I'm talking about? I'm feeling mean on the devil tonight because I don't like what comes up in front of me when I start preaching on this. It's not you, it's the devil who doesn't like what we're preaching. And you got to get to the place where it just, that, that doesn't matter to you anymore what the devil wants or what people think. You have to decide, is this God's will? Then I'm going for it. Amen. So, praise God. The Bible says, uh, you know, you can see and not see. But I, I believe we're going to see some things. Yes. Praise the Lord. And so here in 2 Corinthians, we find that Jesus redeemed us from poverty. He was made poor that we might be rich. And so Jesus, in 3 John 2, beloved, I wish above all things you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So there's a real key, soul prosperity, which I want to get into tonight. And so he's interested in everything that concerns your life. What matters to you matters to God. Absolutely. Remember the Bible said, the Father knows that you have need of all these things. If, if that's what he's saying is, if it matters to you, I'm aware of what matters to you, and it matters to me. And I'm here to help you. That's what he's trying to say. I'm here to help you. Praise the Lord. And so the thing that's interesting to me about 3 John 2, beloved, I wish above all things that you'd prosper be in health. Notice that he said, this is John, the, the great apostle, one of the greatest apostles in the New Testament, uh, up there amongst the top couple. Um, he, he said, beloved, this is my prayer. This is my desire. This is my wish. Yes. Uh, however you want to translate that, different translations say it different ways. And he said, the reason is for th that, I, that I desire this for you, he said, is because you're beloved. Yes. Now think about that. Beloved, yes. I wish above all things. Where did he get that kind of love for somebody? So right. He got that from God. Yes. Yes. That's so good. 
he got that love for that man from God. He, he, verse one, he called him Gaius. He was a, a, a young man, I think, coming up in the ministry, if I understand it right. Beloved Gaius, he said, because I have the love of God in me towards you, this is what I long for for you. This is what I desire for you. Amen. Amen. So really, people say, well, that was just John. No, it was the love of God in John. It was the love of God in John that desired that for him. Amen. God loves you enough. He's interested in your finances. He wants you to just be, have more than enough and, and have not just enough to get your bills paid, but you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Woo, glory be to God. You really analyze that language. That's called independently wealthy. We have a term for that in our society, independently wealthy. <laughs> Amen. You need to, some of you need to be taking some notes on some of this. Put it down, write it down, independently wealthy. Write, write that verse there, independently wealthy. And meditate on that always, having all sufficiency. That just basically means, and give it, give it to anybody, that may, basically means you can do anything you want to financially. Yes, we call that independently wealthy. Amen. See, we got to get that kind of mentality. Yes, we do. So, um, beloved, I wish, I pray, I desire, however you want to, you know, interpret that, uh, that above all things you prosper and be in health even as your soul. So this desire didn't originate with you. Well, I don't, I don't know how far to go with this desire. It didn't originate with you. God put that in you. That came from the heart of your father, God. The love of God in John towards this young man he's bringing up in spiritual things desired that for him. So that that's what's in that love for you. That's what's in the love of God for you. He desires, he longs for you to succeed financially. That's his desire for you. Woo, glory be to God. So it didn't originate with you. Well, well, is it okay to have this desire? Yeah, came from God. God just gave us some things in the Bible to not get, you know, not step over certain principles to go after it. But the desire came from God. Ah, I never forget. For some reason, it just stood out to me. I remember the day that I found out. I don't know why I found out the banker had been there talking to my dad or something. But I found out my dad didn't. I'm just a kid, you know. But my dad didn't own the farm outright. He had a mortgage, a loan on it. I said, this isn't all daddy's. I thought this was all. I thought he had. Oh, boy, he's rich. My daddy's rich. <laughs> Look at this farm. He's oh, you mean the bank owns this? I remember. I, and I was really disappointed because somehow inside I knew there's something better than that. Now, I didn't have the word in me at the time, but somehow inside I was disappointed. I never forget that day. And so that came from God. That's what I'm trying to say. That came from God into my spirit that that's the way it's supposed to be where you own things without debt. Amen. Well, the house too? Well, yeah, why not? We're the only, these last number of generations, the only one in history that didn't own their house outright. Come on. Anyway, we just got to think about that. So, but it, beloved, I wish this desire didn't come from you. It came from God. Praise be to God. I think you ought to meditate on that. 
That's, that's, uh, that God will put that on the inside of you. He'll, he'll water that. He'll, he'll feed that desire. Somebody said, why are you talking about desire? Because if you don't have a desire, you're never going to get into faith. But beloved, you know, Mark eleven twenty three or 24, what things soever you desire when you pray. You're not going to be praying about things you don't desire. And I meet too many people who desire nothing more than what they're experiencing right now. It's so, that desire is so covered up with religious thinking and, and they've, they've struggled for so long that the desire has been snuffed out for anything bigger, anything different than the way it's always been. They, are, they came out of the chute uh, as a young man or a young woman all excited. But all that's kind of gone. They're just trying to get the bills paid. And that's about all they really even, you know, the, the worst thing that can happen to you is that you become okay with just enough or not enough. It's one of the worst things that can happen to you. You talk about people dying prematurely, a person like that has died prematurely. Their finances have died prematurely. You got you to gotta get in this word and first of all, get a desire back. And, and let the Holy Ghost work you. He's working me over right now. Just working me over right now. And I'm loving it. I said, Jesus, come on, help me. Help me, help me, Jesus. And I don't like the feeling that somehow or another I'm going to have to go alone. I want some fellowship in this. I want some fellowship with people that they don't get all offended because or scared or afraid. You ought to read, you ought to study the New Testament, study the whole Bible in the area of fear and money. That's one thing he took me through, all these things. Fear, fear, of, fear of preachers preaching on it, fear, fear of giving because, you know, the fear of, fear of uh, you know, people that fight over money, it's because of the fear there won't be enough. Uh, there, you ought to study fear and finances. There's a fear of, 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 some people have the fear of prosperity. Well, if I prosper, I mean, I might lose it all. You know, just, just some people are afraid to talk about it. Some people are afraid for the preacher to talk about it. Yeah. Afraid to give. Just all kinds of financial fears. And you got to get free from all that stuff. Get free from all that stuff. Get free from all, they're going to talk about money tonight. Oh, my goodness. Listen, we're, we already took the offering up. And <laughs> Amen. Lord, I don't know why I get this way when I preach on this. I don't. <clears throat> We're just answering things, I believe. So, um, praise the Lord. This was so important and so much on the heart of God when it comes to, you know, the God's desire for us to have prosperity. This is so important and so much on the heart of God that he put our poverty on Jesus in redemption. It wasn't a little side issue over here. It was right up there with sin, sickness, tormented mind, all that put on Jesus, and poverty was put on Jesus. The struggle was put on Jesus. Tell your neighbor, the struggle was put on Jesus. And so don't ever apologize for desiring more. Uh, you owe no explanation for prosperity. You owe no apologies to anybody. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so um, let's just not cope anymore. Let's just not, 
get used to lack. Let's not be okay with it anymore. Let's not just say, well, you know, I used to have a dream, but it's kind of, I kind of just find out it's kind of hard. Um, anything that's hard is something you're not good at. You're not skillful at it. Um, you ever had to learn something at, at the job, maybe a new computer program or something like that? And when you first dive into it, it's like, man, this is difficult. I don't understand all this. And you start getting a few of the principles down. Maybe you're going to an online training on it or something. Yeah. You start, oh, I see, I see that. And then yeah. after a while, you're running that thing, just going, you're pushing buttons and, and yeah. going places and doing all kinds of stuff. And you're, you're a whiz at it. Yeah, what was right. once hard is now easy. Yeah, that's right. And what was, was it the fact that it was really hard? No, is that you just didn't know how to do it. Right? Same thing true with prosperity. It's not hard. In fact, sometimes I marvel at how easy it is. It's just that it's hard for people that don't understand it and who don't have revelation. They don't realize that their poverty was put on Jesus. They don't realize they're already rich. They're born into a rich family. Amen. Into the kingdom of God. And so um, when people have got to the place where they're now coping and just managing and somehow or another just, just you know, tolerating just enough, if that has become okay, if you become okay in that, I'm not saying you have, but if you have become okay in that, then that's the first place you've got to start focusing on. You take the scriptures that stir up the desire for it and feed those scriptures into your being. Amen. The, um, the real battle is for what dominates your inward man and, and what dominates your mentality. Amen. The real battle is for what is given the opportunity through circumstances or through the meditation of the word, the greatest opportunity. What, what is given the greatest opportunity? Is it, is it uh, the, the news media or is it the word of God? Is it the financial economy, economic system? Or what is, what is forming your mentality? Amen. Make sure the Word of God wins that battle. Give it a greater opportunity than anything else. That's how abundance gets access to your life. Amen. Don't fight for abundance. Abundance will simply come on you and overtake you as you hearken diligently and hold diligently to observing and to do all that is written in the Word of God. This is not a get-rich-quick scheme. You've got to do it diligently, day in, day out, day in, day out, and keep on taking steps on that journey. Remember we said it's a, a prosperity is a journey, succeeding, succeeding in reaching a destination, so forth? The first steps on this journey are preparation steps. The preparation involves getting the Word in you, getting the Word in you, getting abundance in you, getting bigger thinking in you. And that's, that's how God does things. He does things from the inside out. Uh, if, you're not, if he's not able to work you over on the inside, remember I said he's been working me over? That's what I'm talking about. If, you, if he's never given the opportunity to work you over on the inside, and I'll talk about how to give him that opportunity in a minute. But if he's never given that opportunity to work on the inside, you'll never see it on the outside. Because the way God does it, now the world is trying to do things the other way. But the way God does it is from the inside out. He has to change your thinking, change your believing 
change your vision, change what you're seeing, change what you're expecting before he can change anything outwardly. By the way, if you're okay with just enough, you're selfish. That's where a lot of folks get stuck is they, well, just as long as I've got enough for, what about other people? He blesses us to be a blessing, to be a blessing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to be more of a blessing. I want to be able to show people how good God really is. Glory to God. Well, I'll tell you, I can, tell, I can just tell you, we got to work with this more. So um, make sure the Word of God wins that battle. Um, poor, poverty does not equal humility. And poverty does not equal holiness. You hear religious statements that say things like that. It's not holy to be po- poor. It's not humble to be poor. You can be poor and proud of it. Absolutely. I've met people like that. Right? And there's no scriptures that talks about poverty being holy. In fact, I've got a scripture for you that says poverty does not equal holiness. That, remember, Deuteronomy says, uh, there in Deuteronomy 28, it says, you'll, you'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed in the, whatever you put your hand to, it'll possibly be the head, not the tail. And he said, and he said, you'll be a holy people unto me if you don't forget me and, and don't, re, don't forget the, the one who gave it to you and observe to do everything that's written in the word. Holiness is not a financial condition. Holiness is how you get it. It's the way you go about doing it. Amen. So praise the Lord. So, all right. Now, by the way, uh, poverty doesn't make you holy. It makes you mad. Um, so, so you, <laughs> just get you get you just after a while you get I'm getting so mad. <laughs> All right, now um, listen to some things about meditation because I said to you you've got to give the word the opportunity to win the battle over what dominates your inward man. You got to give the word that opportunity. How much time in the word? If you're struggling in this area more than anything else, you ought to be taking this. This ought to be a priority for you in the word. Somebody said, I want to get out of balance. Well, you're already way out of balance. So get back, get back on the word and get, get back into right thinking into balance with God's word. Don't let the devil tell you you're getting out of balance and you're getting extreme. There's a lot of people extremely thinking extremely wrong in this stuff. Really, really bad. So the balance is what does God say? That's balance. So um, praise the Lord. Now, when it comes to uh, giving the word the greatest opportunity, um, you've got to talk about meditation. Joshua 1.8. Say out loud, Joshua 1.8. It's one of the big verses in the Bible. Say it out loud. It's one of the big verses in the Bible on prosperity. Because it agrees with 3 John 2. It's relative. Prosperity is relative to the, the, soul, the soul prospering. 
our prosperity thinking. How much prosperity from God's word, how much of God's word concerning prosperity is in our thinking? So Joshua 1.8 addresses that. Notice that. Did you turn to it? Um, I'm going to turn to it, but I can quote it. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law. Now that's the word of God in their day. We could just expand that out to the word of God today. Say the word of God. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. So thou shalt meditate. So meditation includes, uh, he said here, uh, something in your mouth. So meditation includes, uh, if you look up the word meditation, it means to mutter to oneself. So uh, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein. Meditation, if you look it up, means to mutter to yourself, to speak to yourself. It means to think deeply into or ponder. So he's talking about in the word. Meditating in the word means to mutter it to yourself. A lot of times whenever my distract, if I'm, in, if I'm just med- endeavoring to meditate on something and I'm having trouble keeping my attention on it, I'll start saying it out loud. Yeah. It just helps me. It just gets, brings my, because it's, it's difficult to say something with your mouth and making your mind be somewhere else. If you want to prove that out, just in your mind, count one, two, three, all the way to 10. But in your, with your mouth, say A, B, C, D, E. See how far you get with one, two, three. <laughs> you won't. As soon as your mouth starts saying A, B, C, one, two, three, three, you stop at three. So uh, that's what God knew. He knew all that. So he said, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. You know, you know what that is? That's diligence. Day and night is diligence. You know, we read Deuteronomy 28 and we get all excited about the redemption from the curse of the law and the blessings of Abraham, so forth and so on. But you got to read verse, uh, everything in Deuteronomy 8 is predicated on verse number one. It shall come to pass if you hearken diligently, diligently to the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do according to all that is written therein. Then, he said, uh, y'all set you on high above all nations of the earth. Set you on high above all nations of the earth. You know what that is? He's saying that their nation would be the head of nations on the earth. That's where America has been. I said, that's where America has been. That's where America has been. It's because of the word of God. You get away from the word, that'll start to slip. But that's true in your individual life and my individual life. It's true in families. It's true in cities. Amen. I'm not oblivious to the fact we're plowing ground in Cedar Rapids. (laughs) This ain't the Bible Belt. (laughs) People that get on the news and talk about, well, it's voting time and the evangelicals up there in in Iowa. I said, where do I haven't found them? Where are they at? Anyway, so uh, <laughs> I'm having a good night. Are you having a good night? So meditation, uh, that's what he's talking about. So meditation is uh, something that you do. Notice he said, this book of the law shall not depart of thy mouth. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night. That's diligence. That's diligence. That's diligence. That's diligence. That thou mayest observe to do. Don't, go, don't pass over that word observe. When you, do, when you meditate properly, you're going to see something. You're going you're gonna to have an inward picture formed. 
an inward image formed on the inside of you. And that's what God is after, first of all. That's what he's after, first of all. He's got to get the image on the inside of you changed. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Thou shalt meditate there in day and night that thou mayest observe. So what you're, what you're doing is you're meditating on, you, on it until you see yourself the way God sees you. You can say it and not see it. I could say E equals MC squared and not have any idea what I'm talking about. Right? And you can say, my God supplies all my need according to his riches and not have any idea, not have any revelation of that. Amen. But God wants to give us a revelation. He wants us to see it on the inside. See it with the eyes of our spirits. My goodness. Where did the time go tonight? And so meditation, that's what meditation is designed to do. People want to run to the prayer, but they're not ready to pray because they haven't meditated on the Word of God. That's what I was, Brother Randy Greer was preaching down in Des Moines. I was down there. He was saying the reason you can do Mark eleven twenty four, 24, what things serve you desire when you pray, believe you receive. He said, you can't believe you receive something. You've not prepared yourself in the word to receive. So there's something you did before you got to Mark eleven twenty four. 24. This word has to stand up on the inside and slap you and talk to you. Meditation, listen, meditation, it starts talking to you. When you start meditating in it, you're talking it. But when it gets in you and the picture starts forming, it starts talking to you. It'll start talking to you. Yeah. So um, that's what this meditation of God's word is all about. This is a spiritual discipline, a Christian discipline that few Christians really do much. Uh, in along, along the line of that's why social media is so damaging because it keeps people's attention span real short they're scrolling you know they're seeing scrolling 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 and their attention's on it for two seconds three seconds maybe 30 seconds and the devil wants your mind kind of bouncy like that God wants your mind diligent on what you need to get on the inside of you what he needs to get on the inside of you amen I don't buy when people say, well, I, I just can't pay attention to something. I have this label or whatever. They put labels on it. I don't buy that. You once had it, you can get it back. If, if, if it's not true, then we need to tell God he lied on us here in Joshua 1.8. I can't do this, God. This is Joshua 1.8. I can't do that. No, you can do that. You can do the word. Praise God. Start out with a level of faith where you're at and just keep on reaching. Just keep on reaching. Just keep on reaching. Amen. So, are you glad you came tonight? Now, meditation gets the word in you and gets you into it. It gets the word into you. It gets you in the word. Let's put it that way. It gets you in the word and and the word into you. And meditation means you absorb the contents. The only thing you should be get, what, what you get out of my preaching should not be the only thing you're getting out of the Word. You should be on your own doing your own meditation. And, why, and oh, wow. No, wait a minute. I never saw that. That's it. Yeah, that's what it says. Wait a minute. I always thought it said, but it doesn't. It says, oh, I see it. I see it. I see it. That should be happening to you all the time. 
You're absorbing the contents. Amen. Amen. Your spirit and mind are becoming soaked in it. You're becoming pickled in the word. You try to take the flavor of that pickling juice out of that pickle and it's impossible. Because it's been pickled in it. That's what you got to do with the word. You got to be pickled in the word. That's good. That's good. To where people can't get it out of you. It's just, it's just a part of you. (laughs) Your spirit needs to feast on it until it's absorbed into you. Amen. Meditation forms your spirit and your mindset right. That's what I said whenever I said, I leaned back and I said, after months and months and months, months of the Lord talking to me about prosperity, I said, no wonder. No wonder. That's, That's why I said that is because it formed, my, my, it formed right thinking in yeah. me. Yeah. I had so much wrong thinking. Yes, sir. Yeah. So much criticism towards yeah. preachers who talked about it. Oh, I didn't verbalize it a lot. But, you know, offering time comes and they start sharing scriptures on giving or something. I just squeeze the wallet tighter, sitting on it tighter. It's my money. I earned it. That's why the Lord had to tell me, your way's not working, is it? He had to slap me around a little bit in love to get me, to, get me aware that you need to change your thinking. Amen. So, praise the Lord. So, that forms the right mentality. The goal of renewing your mind is not reached until you have more than just a new thought, but you have a new mentality. A new mentality. And uh, a mentality is a prevailing way of thinking, not just a thought, but a prevailing way of thinking. Amen. It's a rut that one's mind goes to when there's no preachers around preaching the Word. You know, people come to church and say, oh, that was exciting, but now I'm back to my real life. You have a wrong mentality. Your mind is not renewed. That is not real. What is real? Reality is real. And the Bible said, thy word is reality. That's what the word truth means. It means reality. The word is real. (laughs) Praise be to God. So when something... uh, gets into you, it starts talking to you. Amen. That's what James 1.22 is all about. Remember, he talks about receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. That's verse 21. And then be ye doers of the word, not hearers only. And then he said, it's like looking in the mirror. You behold yourself. See, that's what I'm talking about. When you meditate, you see a picture. But when you behold yourself in the word, you see yourself the way God made you. You see yourself in Christ. You see yourself rich. You don't see yourself the way you see yourself. See yourself. Amen. You see yourself like God sees you. You have his thinking. And listen, you can go away and forget it. But if you go away and forget it, it's not in you yet. Keep renewing it, renewing it until it stays with you all day long. Until it stays with you all day long. And even when the tests and trials come or the bills come or some bill comes that you didn't know was coming, you just, you don't see yourself different anymore. You don't see yourself as a poor victim. You see yourself like he sees you, always having all sufficiency in all things, abounding toward every good work. Woo, glory be to God. I said glory be to God. Things get into you by degrees. Remember the Bible talks about let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The degree it's in you is the degree it's able to produce. 
I remember the Lord said to me one time, because it started working for me, the word started working for me. I meant some things to start working after getting the word into me. Yeah. And he said to me one day, I was meditating on the first, I won't get into it right now, but he said, you know, what's working for you right now? I said, oh yeah, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. He said, you know, that'll work big just like it's working little. Four people got it. It can get in you by degrees. Just that little bit. Yeah. But listen to me very carefully. We're running out of time, so I just got to get to this. Meditation is the reverent attitude towards the word that the Holy Ghost needs to be able to help us get it. That's the reverent attitude the Holy Spirit needs to really grasp the picture God painted of you and I in the word, amongst other things, rich, rich to where you no longer break out in a sweat to take a $20,000 vacation. See, yeah. Come on. see, yeah. see, Come on. tilt, tilt, tilt. Yeah. Come on. Come on. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Hallelujah. Some people can't connect with that. But that, that, that can become no big deal. I didn't say it's all about taking a vacation because because after you've given away seven cars and so forth, you can still take a $20,000 vacation. And it's no big deal to you. Gee, it's, it'll work big like it'll work little. It'll work big like it'll work to pay your rent. Yeah. Really, the verse, he, the verse he spoke to me about that was over there in Mark 4, where it's the parable of the sower. Right after the parable of the sower, he gives some commentary on it. <laughs> Hallelujah. The measure that you meet, it'll be measured to you again. He said, that'll work. The word that's working for you little. He said, it'll work big just like it'll work little. Praise the Lord. If you tilted on the $20,000 vacation, I'm not trying to get you to spend money you don't have. I'm just simply saying you can be at the place. You know, I gave $100,000 toward the aircraft or I, I paid off the church building and Man, I haven't had a break for a while. Let's go on vacation. Yeah. How much is that going to cost to be on the beach in Hawaii for hey, 10 days? Sam. Probably 20000 Okay, let's Come go do on. it. Come on. We enjoyed Hawaii. Whoa, but you could use that money for something else. Of course you could. You already yeah. did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Just working on some mentality. Well, how do you get to the place where that's not big thinking? Meditation. Yeah. Meditation. Yeah. Meditation. Yeah. Meditation. Yeah. Meditate. Some people, $20,000 vacations, like, how do you do that? I can't do it for less than $100,000. There are people in the world that think nothing of spending $100,000 on a vacation. There was a lady, there was a lady, I heard a story recently, a lady, they got up, she got to get on an aircraft and they, they, she tried to bring her little pet poodle. And they said, you can't bring your pet poodle. She got mad and said, well, I'm not flying your aircraft then. And she went and rented that. The man that I know, his son, flies uh, private aviation for people that fly private. And she said, I'm not, if I can't take my poodle, I'm not flying your airline. She went and rented an airplane for $300,000 and flew to where she wanted to go for $300,000. To fly her poodle. (laughs) (laughs) And thought nothing of it. 
That's a different mentality. I'm not telling you to spend 300,000 on your poodle, but I'm just saying some people that's no big deal. And we're wondering if it's okay that we pray for maybe an extra $10 for a hamburger to go on a date after we've got our rent paid. Come on, let's get something bigger vision. You know, I just now started preaching. I'm just now having fun. So, but meditation is the reverent attitude towards the Word that the Holy Spirit needs to enable us to fully grasp the meaning of God's revelation. You can get a hold of this to where you fully grasp what He means when He says always, all sufficiency in all things, and be able to bound toward every good work, every good work. You call that independently wealthy, you can do whatever you want financially. Until you're there, you haven't reached everything God has for you. Amen. So this meditation enables our spirits to lay hold of divine truth. Amen. You can hear things and not hear them. But God says, okay, meditate on that. Meditate on that. And he'll start bringing it alive to you to where it gets a hold of you. Amen. Hallelujah. When you meditate on it, it gives God the opportunity to open it up to you. Open it up to you. Don't criticize a man who's walking in more than you are if he's gotten it through the word. Just say, God, if you did it for him, it'll work for me. I love what the Lord said to, he's meditating on Deuteronomy 28.1. You know, there's, there's a place for you at the top. The Lord said to Bishop Yedipo, when he was reading that, I'll set you on high above all nations. The Lord said to him, there's a place for you at the top. There's a place for you at the top. It's a place for everyone in here at the top. You got to do the right thing with the word to get there. And meditation is the right attitude towards the word. Amen. Amen. I see people sometimes that almost, not not weekly, but regularly sabotage themselves financially by the, the directions they go, their own thinking, decisions they make, and so forth. I'm thinking, ah, you were, just, you were just on the way. No, 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 don't, 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 don't. Why are you doing that? They don't see it. Not enough of the word in them to see it. They wouldn't do it, probably, I guess. Anyway, I have had the Lord tell me there's people that sabotage themselves regularly because they don't feel worthy to be blessed. And if they start getting blessed, they just undo it themselves because I'm, I'm just not worthy. You got to get past all this stuff. It's stuff that you got to work over. You got to work you over, work you over, work you over, work you over. Amen. Well, did you get anything out of this tonight? I didn't get through 10% of what I had for you, but you want to stay for the, till midnight or you want to pick this up another session? This is huge. This is huge. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, um, let me just share some, something here. A prosperous mentality places a demand on your faith to reach for more. It, it places a demand uh, to reach for more of your supply. Amen. You will never, the Lord said this to me one time. He said, you'll never have a spirit of faith until you have a prosperous mentality. <laughs> he said, You'll never have a spirit of faith until you have a prosperous mentality. A prosperous mentality, it doesn't let you, it doesn't tolerate poverty anymore. And so you get a, huh, to you. 
That's the spirit of faith. I said, that's the spirit of faith. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You still want some more of this? Until you're thinking in line with, uh, uh, if you're still thinking in line with not having enough, you're not being true to your nature. And it'll keep money from coming to you. And money is attracted to a prosperous mentality. I've had people say they wanted to do business with me because uh, I had money. <laughs> it was funny because at that time I didn't. But they thought I did because of my mentality. The way I talked and the way I thought and the way I spoke. And the understanding I have had of the deal and all of that. Yeah. Bought it for a song. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, anyhow, stand up with me. I can tell you're done. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The source of the prosperous mentality is the gospel. That's why Jesus said he came to preach the gospel to the poor. People want, want money and so forth. Go after the source of it. Don't go after the money. Go after the source of it. God has spent more time dealing with and working over my mentality. And I'm not, I'm not where I want to be. Don't misunderstand me. But I'm just simply saying he spent much more time, probably 90% of the time he's worked on me to, in order to get me into more has been working on my mentality. And only maybe 10% of the dealings. Okay, do this financially. Do that. Make that decision. You know what I'm talking about? He's got, to, he's got to get you to think right, be even able to talk to you about it. You know why you don't talk to your three-year-old three about uh, algebra? Well, Pastor, because I don't know anything about it. Yeah, probably that too. But <laughs> that would be true about me. <laughs> That'd be true about me. But let's say you know all about algebra. Okay, let's go to Brother Andre here. Where's Brother Andre? He knows all about algebra, but he probably doesn't talk too much about it with his children yet. Maybe, maybe your oldest one. Uh, huh? They know. Oh, we got to find out something they don't know to make this illustration work. Calculus. Calculus. Okay, let's do calculus. It's no use talking to them about it because you can't talk intelligently with them about it. There's things that God will never talk to you about because he can't talk intelligently to you about it. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 yeah, and once you get your mind renewed, he can say, okay, now that you understand the way I work, let me say this to you. Now you'll be able to hear it. Now you'll be able to receive it. Now you won't go, what? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, he's got to get us to where we're intelligent so he can talk to us intelligently. That's the truth. That's the truth. Praise the Lord. So tell, tell your neighbor we're becoming more and more intelligent in the word. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So stop trying to fix the outside things and just go to working on the mentality. Go to working on the, the image you have of yourself. I'm telling you, those images can be persistent. The, the wrong images. They can be persistent. But you've got something that's mightier. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty. Through God, the pulling down those strongholds. Casting down imaginations. See, right there, right there. Imaginations, casting down things that you see on the inside that are not true, but they're not in line with the truth. 
Amen. Well, I don't have much of an education. Where's that in the Bible? Now, I'm not, if God tells you to get an education, you got to go get an education. You, some of you need it. But my point is, it's not based on your education. What did I say? Some of us. I'm talking about to do what God's called us to do. You're messing with me. <laughs> Amen. You might need some tra- training in certain fields or something. But I'm not, so I'm not preaching against it. I'm just simply saying, it's not based on that. You can get that degree and still be broke. You know what I'm talking about? There's more to it. People down at the university think they're smart. And maybe in one field they are, but a lot of them are dumb. When it comes to spiritual things, they're illiterate. And those things are ultimately what's going to win over. It's what's dominating you spiritually. That's ultimately what's going to prevail. Amen. Well, we got out a little bit of it. Thank God for the truth. Father, we thank you for the word tonight. Father, we ask you to expand our image. Expand. Lord, we're going to give you the the uh, opportunity to work us over by getting in your word, feeding on it. Praise God. Lord, teach us. Lord, every sincere, hungry heart that's calling in their spirit right now, just like I did those years ago, Lord, help me. Father, every sincere person that's saying, help me, Father, help me. Lord, I thank you that you hear that cry, that you answer that cry, that you respond to that. But Father God, we thank you that tonight we know better how that help is going to come. It might not come with a check in the mail right away. It might come through you begin to teach us, begin to renew our thinking, begin to change our inner image, begin to expand our our vision. And Father God, we receive that help and we won't turn that aside because we don't understand what you're doing. Father, tonight now we do understand what you're doing. And Father, we give you thanks for helping us in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some things are starting to change for me tonight. In Jesus' name. Somebody said, I need help real quick, Pastor. Well, then you better real quick start letting him teach you. Real quick. I mean, before you go to bed tonight, don't even turn on the news. You say, Lord, I'm sincere. I'm I'm, I'm meditating on that verse he gave me tonight when Deuteronomy 28.1 or one of these verses or something. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you know what's important to you you got the time for? You got the time for I mean, we don't want to prolong the struggle we're in. We want to just get over this thing. Hallelujah. Well, I feel like I didn't even do you justice. There's so much I wanted to get to. Thank God for the word. Amen. We're getting our mind renewed. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank God. Lift your hands and just thank him for it. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. We give you praise, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. I remember years ago, the Lord said to me, because I start, was starting to preach some of this, and, and I, got, I started pulling back after it. I mean, I was going to start preaching some of it, started pulling back, and the Lord said, uh, you need to, it blessed you, you need to help some other people with it. I said, Lord, I don't want to be criticized being a money-minded preacher. He said, all right, he said, uh, ask yourself the question before you preach it. He said, am I preaching, ask yourself sincerely, am I preaching this because I want something out of them or am I preaching this because I want to help them? I want, out of compassion, I want to see them help 
the way I've been being held. He said, you ask yourself sincerely that question. And he said, answer. And he said, if you can't preach it for the right reasons, just wait until you get it, get it right and preach it. Then preach it. And he said, then if you preach it and people criticize you, he said, then that's between me and them. Amen. So I ran that test on myself this afternoon. Amen. I passed. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> I really wanted to help you tonight. Amen. I believe there's more help on the way. We're gonna, I believe we're gonna, God, God's given me the season here where we can do some things. Amen. Say, I'll take my help right now. I'll take my help. Praise God. Amen.